The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go, Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia, Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Friday, December 22nd, 2023, season 19, episode number 94. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. I'm very happy to have our full crew back for Friday. We're getting you guys ready for Cowboys versus Dolphins. That's going to happen this Sunday. We got to get caught up on some injuries, man. There's some real, real concerns that the Cowboys are dealing with heading into this hmm. game. We'll tell you what we think is going to happen from the standpoint of some of the matchups in this game. Amber's got some questions for us in the second segment. And in the final segment of the show, we're going to focus in on the NFC. Talk a little bit about some of the scenarios. Of Rams. Where the Cowboys oh, man. They're looking that's, like a team that nobody right wants there. to play, right? That's your answer right um, there. But we're going to talk about some of those scenarios in the NFC and where teams are, are lining up and how this thing is going toward the end and give you some of the ideas of there's so many games this weekend that the Cowboys will have a vested interest in. So we'll lay some of that out for you guys so you know how you should be rooting if you're rooting for the Cowboys. Uh, so let's get this thing going. Let's jump right in. Let's talk about first injuries. We got Tyron Smith and Zach Martin. Uh, I think those are the two that everyone's really paying attention to. What are we hearing at this point? All right, so ladies and gentlemen, bear with me. I am back. I'm feeling better, but my voice is still somewhere in hell. I'm waiting for that to, to join us. Um, Injury-wise, Tyron Smith and uh, Zach Martin, like you said, um, in hearing what Jerry Jones, owner general manager Jerry Jones and head coach Mike McCarthy said in their conversations with 105.3 The Fan this morning, uh, it's not a lot of optimism. Um, Mike said that Zach is uh, ahead of Tyron as far as the p- possibility of playing against the Dolphins, um, but based on some conversations I'm having and it being a re-aggravation of that quad contusion, it's not exactly looking like sunshines and rainbows. So uh, I'd put Zach at about a 50-50, maybe a little bit less than 50. I'm completely pessimistic on if Tyron Smith is going to take the, the field at all. Uh, and then that puts you, again, uh, in an offensive line flux and then against a defensive line that is that excels at getting pressures and getting their hands on the quarterback. So if one or both of those guys are out and it looks like it's possible that one or both of them will be out, then uh, you're really going to have your hands full up yeah, that's uh, this morning they were saying that, especially with Tyron, they're going to carry that thing all the way up until yeah. the very last minute. Is all and that and I was asking about, well, you know, Sunday, and they're like, we're going to give him every possibility, every minute. So, yeah, hold your breath on that one. Whatever football gods you pray to, go ahead and go for it. So, uh, but yeah, yeah the, the thing with yeah. Martin, we uh, we interviewed Zach yesterday on 105.3, the fan, first week. Good interview, we by the way. That was fun. Thank you. He's uh, After we stopped asking about how to put Christmas toys together, right. then we started getting the nuts and bolts of football. And, uh, you know, he's always going to tell you he's fine. Yep. He's always going to tell you that, hey, I'm good, you know, everything's good and all that. Uh, but like Patrick says, I, I think that uh, these both are, are – we're looking at probably maybe Martin with a chance. The, I don't think that the uh, the Tyron Smith one's going to work out for you this game. I, I just, just, just talking, I mean, when you start to talk about the very last minute, we've seen the very last minute before with Tyron Smith, and it, it's gone the, the bad way. So uh, – I hate to be the, uh, the the wet blanket guy here, but, man, that that's that's going to be a tough one to deal with. Yeah, whether right or wrong, I think that the natural inclination for all fans or bystanders who've watched the Cowboys for the last several years, 
the history tells us that when you get into this kind of situation with Tyron, the likelihood is that you probably opt more on you fall more on the side that he's probably not going to play. Right. Uh, but you just don't know, and we'll wait and see until Sunday. But that being said, uh, across the table, you guys tell me what's your level. How much does this change your thoughts on where you were on the Cowboys' possibilities of going to Miami and getting a win? Let's start with you, Amber. Uh, a lot. I mean, I'm hoping for a win, but it's just it really complicates things because. You come out of the loss against Buffalo where the offense wasn't able to really perform at a level that you expected them to or wanted them to. And you talk about the O-line and the running game, how we started seeing an incline in that. They started getting better. Now, any type of injury happening there, that's going to take a hit and it's going to affect the running game. Now, that's kind of taken out of the equation for me because I don't see it working very well if both of them are out or even one of them the key for me in this game would be for Dak to go back to that quick 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 get maybe take a few step back get rid of the of the ball very very quickly and connect with the receivers everyone's gonna have to be on like at the same pace and connected and know exactly what the route is what the call is what the plan is and hope that they're in sync because that's the only way that I see it right now knowing about these injuries even if they were to step on the field and play that doesn't mean they're 100% healthy they're still banged up and they're still affected with these injuries so regardless I think for me yeah it it changes what I think of the outcome may be but I have hope holding on to that stat of them playing really, really good after a loss and also hoping that the offense starts clicking again where Dak can just get rid of the ball very quickly. Had an advantage. You had an advantage. If you're healthy, you have an advantage because they're really banged up on their offensive line and you were hopeful that maybe that your defense would be able to take advantage of that. They're still dealing with Robert Hunt and Austin Jackson being hurt. So now it kind of... if. You lose two guys, they lose two guys. Now it's going to be a battle of which backup group can find ways to block, you know, really good defensive lines, especially with you know with, dealing with Bradley Chubb and and Wilkins and, and that crew. I mean, they 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 could present some problems. But who you has can, better backups? Right now, I would say the Cowboys do. So that that would be where I would go right now when you start to talk about Bass and Adoga. I think it's better than what I've seen with you know with with what the Dolphins have thrown out there. But the Dolphins do a really good job of scheming around the deficiencies they have in their mm-hmm. offensive line. They they don't ask those guys to do a whole hell of a lot. You know, from what I was seeing, uh, it's a lot of angle blocks, a lot of uh, you know half man blocks. Uh, never have to take anybody on toe to toe. You know, their scheme is built that way, the way they run the ball. They're a perimeter running team. And so everything is about movement and pulling and trapping. And so it's it's not asking them to just go out there and just blow guys off the line of scrimmage. They just don't play that way. I think Dallas has the better group. But I, I'm, I'm interested to see which offensive staff schemes better in this game to get their to, – to manufacture offense – when they're compromised on their offensive lines. Uh, Cowboys are going to have to learn from what the Arizona Cardinals taught them. Yeah. Um, and you go back and look at the Arizona Cardinals film and, and you know, 
that's what you draw from as far as what you need to do against the Miami Dolphins as far as uh, supplanting um, or trying to supplant Tyron Smith and Zach Martin. It's not going to be an easy task at all, especially against this defensive front. Um, but I, I love Ambar's point. You got to get the ball out quickly. Uh, don't put your offensive line in position and includes Chuma Idoga and likely TJ Bass. Don't put those guys in position where they have to do a ton of pass pro against some of the better pass rushers in the league. Um, get it out quickly. The Dolphins love to run zone. They run zone, assuming they do it because I'm always traumatized by what the 49ers did with flipping that switch. But assuming that the, the um, Dolphins remain true to what they've been doing, which is running zone three out of every four defensive snaps, you're going to have the spacing there to get that ball out. So get the ball out, get it into the hands of your playmakers move CeeDee Lamb around move Brandon Cooks around get Kevontae Turpin involved use Jake Ferguson to attack that second level and attack the seams with the linebackers um, applying pressure to the safety they run a lot of single high as well and that should help the passing game open up a little bit more which then should make things easier for Tony Pollard Rico Dowdle in the run game because quiet as it's kept while the home and away splits are massive when it comes to like penalties types of penalties um, passing yardage things like that the running game the rushing attack has been pretty steady at the 4.1 yard average per handoff on the road, 4.2 at home. So if you can get out to a fast start, and that's going to come down to getting that ball out quickly, get out and uh, score, play from play ahead, that running game should be your steady hand going forward. You're probably not going to get a lot of shots downfield without Tyron and Zach there. Well, I'll say the thing that concerns me most about that strategy is uh, last week they faced another team that's similar to this one in the way that they get a four-man pressure. Mm, yeah. They can have seven out in coverage. Absolutely. And when they're playing zone with seven, by the way, they're pretty good playing zone with seven. It they clogs everything's up, and they got and, a traveler too. Yeah, so got, yeah, yeah, they got a traveler too. So it, it just makes it. Re- I think it makes it really tough. Whether you're talking about a quick passing game or a passing game where you or can try to play. let the passes, de- let the, the routes develop. Either way, I think it's going to be really tough for Dak to find those openings, mm. especially if they're being able to get pressure with four, knowing that the Cowboys are compromised on the offensive right. line. So I think that's really the challenge for me. The key really going to come down to. Can the Cowboys find a way to run the ball? That's going to slow down those four pass rushers and give you that time that you need in order to, to really find those big plays. Because this offense is predicated on yeah. the big plays. When they play well, when they're playing at their best, they got big plays involved. They're going to need those, I think. And the running game is the only thing I think that's going to get them there. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is if your defense bottles up guys like Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, kind of gets hands on Tua, rattles him as much as possible. Because if you allow the Dolphins to do what the Bills did, which is get up on you and largely because of self-inflicted wounds but however it happens if you allow the Dolphins to get up on you early mm-hmm. playing from behind against yeah. them run game's you, gone right run game's gone and yeah. you're down two starting offensive linemen you're yeah. you're in trouble yeah yeah that's gonna the be thing dope. that scares yeah. me about this game too a little bit is <clears throat> who the official is with Sean Hockley mm-hmm. you know and, and and we all are very familiar we've seen this before yeah we've seen Sean Hockley insert himself and his crew into into games <laughs> and and that's the yeah, that's the thing that that's always terrifying to me. I mean, I, just looking through his the metrics with him, he's had he's had multiple games where it's eighteen penalties, fifteen penalties, fourteen penalties. You know, you just never know what you're going to get. You're going to get calls, but you don't. And it, and it's at the worst time with this. I, I just, you know, I'm always one of these guys. Just let them play. Let the two teams figure it out. But you got a guy that likes to put himself in the middle of the game, and you know I'm not trying to make excuses for either team here, but it, it, it is what it is. 
you know, sometimes you're at the mercy of these guys. And, uh, you know, that's the that's the unfortunate part of thing that, you know, you didn't draw a crew this week that's probably going to let you play. You're going to get one that's going to call the game probably pretty tight. And, and you know, who will have an advantage of that? Cowboys are one of the most penalized teams in the league. I think the Dolphins are up there, too. So the, I would love yeah, to see penalized. if this is the week when maybe – maybe Michael Parsons gets a call. Like, yeah, that's ridiculous yeah. that he hasn't gotten any of these holding calls. Maybe this is the week where he gets some of those. Yeah, well, it's, it's it's you know, like I said, it you just don't know with these crews. Yeah. He, hadn't, he hadn't had a holding call against him since uh, since the Chargers game. Yeah. You know, that's how far back that thing goes. But yeah. and, and, and they've got a compromised offensive line like you do right now. Right. So there's going to be some holding in this game. Don't, <laughs> right. don't, don't, don't act like it's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. What are we hearing about Malik Hooker? Have we heard anything more about him? Oh, he, he's progressing. Um, obviously, he missed last week because of the illness. Um, he didn't practice as they gave him and his ankle some rest on Wednesday. But he did practice in a limited, uh, as a limited participant on Thursday. So he's taking on more work. We'll see what today, Friday's injury report looks like for him. But he's, he's tracking toward taking the field. And uh, that would be, you know, big. Wanye Thomas, he played solid. Uh, he had, I think, two or three missed tackles. But for the most part, given the fire that he was thrown in and the situation he was thrown in, it was much more run support than cover because Josh Allen only threw 15 times. Um, but, yeah, Malik Cooker is tracking toward taking the field. All right, we're going to take our first break. We'll come back. Amber has some uh, questions for us. You all right? I can't smile. <laughs> no, I'm just wondering, like, okay, we're going to come back. Amber's got some questions for us, and uh, and we'll get to those. We'll hopefully have a good time here in the second segment. We'll be back, DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in in the English language, you must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from my next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a soldier to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. 
All right. Get a frame-worthy family holiday photo with Santa at the Star, presented by Monument Realty. Santa Claus will be at his Cowboys-themed cottage in the Star District through December 24th. Visit thestardistrict.com slash Santa for more info. Welcome back. Second segment of The Break Live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star segment, brought to you by blockchain.com. All right. Let's jump into... um... Amber. Thank you very much. Okay. All righty. So, uh, thank you to everyone who sent in their questions today. <laughs> Hopefully, these guys. I like it. <laughs> All right, guys. What's more important for success in this weekend's game? Offensive line dominates from the start or defensive line dominates from the start? Hmm. From the Cowboys side. Do you prefer the offense to start off better, the mm-hmm. line, or the defensive line to start off strong? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said offensive line twice. No, both no. offensive line or defensive line. Or Which defense. one? I, I think defensive line because the way I look at this game, it goes back to what you said, Patrick. They cannot afford to get down in this game. Right. Even if the offense offense is slow getting started, as long as they don't let Miami run away, then mm. you could play a close game and you can just kind of figure it out as you go. You cannot get behind. If you get behind, we've seen how that goes. That's not going to be good. Yeah, for me, it's defensive line. Defensive line has to set the tone. Defense has to set the tone, especially after a game like uh, what happened to Buffalo when you basically just got mauled. Um, so they need to get their confidence back. They need to get their resi- show the resilience. And um, they need to be um, – what everybody believes they can be. Uh, and you already know the Cowboys' offensive line might struggle a bit because they might be down two starters. This defensive line is going to have to get it done. Scoring helps this defense. Give me the offense. I'm putting pressure on as much pressure as I can on Miami. I'm going to make them have to, you know, the, the one thing that I know is if I can build a lead, hold a lead, that that Dolphin running game will go away because it happens every single time. The Cowboys score over 30 points. Teams don't run the football on them. And that's my biggest concern right now. Give me the offense to come out blistering them right off the jump. Give me one of those games where you got three drives. Give me the give me the game that Buffalo had against you in the first half last week. That's what I want. You know, twelve plays, seventy-five yard drives, wear them down, score points. You know, don't give them a chance to have any offense. I'll take that all day. Real quick before you go to the next question. If you guys go back to earlier in the season, there was there were some times when Tyron, Zach were out. Yeah. What, were your, what do you recall from that time from the standpoint of how well the offense and I know some of it was when before the offense turned into what it's that's become. Where, yeah, that's but yeah. but what just looking at the offensive line, how the offensive line played with those backups. What are your recollections? I remember uh, I re- that the line wasn't really the Not problem. Like they played right. good enough for yeah. the, for them to have won a game or or compete. So yeah. I don't going back. I don't remember us sitting here complaining how the how bad of a job they did. It was like okay for the backups, they actually held up pretty good and they did an, a good enough job. So I don't think that. I mean, it, it's possible to survive. It's yeah. basically what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, we, we ended up giving um, roses to Chumway Doga yep. for stepping yeah. up big. We gave roses. Played better than we thought he would. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. We gave roses to guys like Brock Hoffman, TJ Bass, in Arizona. Those guys stepped up after being thrown in the fire. Um, I don't think any, any of those um, – I don't think the Arizona loss was on the offensive line. I do think that it's hard for me to figure out 
Um, if the offensive line flux was part of the reason that the offense didn't take hadn't taken off quite yet, um, kind of times up that it took off when the offensive line kind of came together, mm-hmm. right? So that yeah, I don't like where that goes. If that's why you're making that face, I get it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that the offensive line was not what cost you the game in Arizona. And if you look at any of those losses, uh, San Francisco as well. I mean, the offensive line didn't cost you that game either. Um, you're passing. Defense cost you that game. George Kittle gets three touchdowns. I mean, that's game over. So, yeah, I mean, I think this def- this offensive line can hold up well. But, I mean, we'll see because, again, they got horses up front. Like, yeah, that's the Way big thing. Yeah, that's the big thing, just self-inflicted wounds and just don't – uh, Hockley and the officials, they're going to yeah. be some bad calls and yeah. bad no calls. Yeah. Just don't exacerbate the problem by, you know, running into the passer when you don't have to, uh, you know, trying to I, – I want you to protect your quarterback, but unnecessarily bumping like we talked about. Just careful because you're in hostile territory. You can't afford any mistakes. Just keep your emotional discipline where it needs to be and, and help your team out. I think the one thing that it, it it's weird because I felt like that his questions about his offensive line affected his play calling in Arizona. I felt like the weather affected his play calling or the threat of weather affected his play calling in Buffalo. Yep. He's got to put that aside. You know, he's played games now with these guys and he has to say, you know what? Last time I was too cautious the way I played. I'm not asking you to go out there and sling it all over the place and try and get your quarterback hurt, but don't go into a shell with your offense. You know, trust that these guys can get the job done. You know, I think Mike maybe, I, I don't know, maybe overthink it a little bit there. Didn't he? It, wasn't there a game earlier this year where he actually admitted after the game, he said he called the game. Arizona. Arizona. Was that Arizona? Yeah. Arizona. yeah. And so I'm, I'm like, yeah, that that's when you talk about Buffalo. I yeah. actually, when I asked you guys the question yesterday about weather, I actually thought that's where you guys were going to go. Because yeah. I, ter- I personally believe Mike called a little different game because either the weather yeah. or because what he thought the weather I think would, would do. They right? went, they, it, to me, and I'm not out here watching practice every day, but to me, if you were, I was wondering, okay, is this a wet weather game plan you're throwing at him right yeah. now? You know, And, and, and I, I think when the weather broke nice for him, all of a sudden, it's like, well, damn, we worked on this all week. Yeah. You know, and there was not the creativity with the offense. Right. You know, and, and I know it was seven, drop seven, and rush four. I, I get that. But I've seen him call defenses or call plays against that and and have some success. I, I just don't overthink this. If there's two guys out, don't overthink it. Go play football. Mm. You know that's you've got guys. You got one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You got one of the best wide receivers in the league. You got one of the best tight ends in the league. You know, go play football today. You know, I, I don't I don't think Mike went into Buffalo thinking about the weather for the most part. And the reason I say that is because before the Cowboys' first offensive drive, probably could have made that argument. But when you see Dak drop back and go deep to Cooks to try to get a home run ball on, you know, one of the first players. But they never went to. back to it. Right, that's the thing. Right, well, they never went back to it because yeah. that's just the game started to get away from them after that drive. Because on that yeah. drive, you get the holding and you get no points, and then guess what? Penalty on the next Bills drive, they score again. So but the that's game not a reason for them away. not to go back to the deep ball, yeah. especially if they saw some success on the first. Like, it was there. They yeah. just didn't connect on it. And then, don't get me wrong, that's yeah. a hard pass to connect on. But I just felt like they they didn't do the things that we were accustomed to seeing them do on offense, and it left me to at least question whether Mike made some adjustments because he was like, ah, oh, you gotta be as wet. As far as adjusting, pulling back, as far as versus yeah, I, walking I, into that game. Well, no, what I'm saying is kind of going into that game with, as, as Brian was saying, like I kind of agree that maybe the game plan may have been set up for them to 
thinking because as we saw, we we got to Friday, we they were like, the ball it's well, gonna rain like, the whole yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it was gonna rain yeah. the whole game. That's what we went in thinking. Right. And it makes me think that he went into the game in the same way. Like, okay, I need to protect my team, knowing that this is gonna be a game where weather will be a factor. So here is how we need to call it in order to make sure we don't put ourselves in bad situations, rather than just going in and being like. Hey, it's actually not that bad. Let's just go, right? And I, I do believe it kind of affected him, but that's just my opinion. And I see where you're going with that. My, where I depart on that is because I just pulled back up the uh, the opening Cowboys drive against the Cardinals. And first two plays were handoffs to Tony Pollard. Yeah. And that's different from what we saw in Buffalo. First couple of plays, he takes the deep shot to Cooks. So I think that to Mike's point after the Arizona Cardinals game, he was playing uber conser- conservative yeah, against the Cardinals. But he started out the game being the exact opposite, being very liberal uh, against the Buffalo Bills. Now, I will agree that maybe after that, in a in a in a an adjustment capacity, he probably went back to being more conservative than he would have liked to maybe be weather-based. Maybe he saw that pass and was like, oh, well, the wind on this field is not going to play. The fact that it didn't connect. Right. So that's what I mean. I think going in, he didn't have his scripted plays based upon the weather. But then after seeing that ball sail three yards past Cooks, maybe at that point he was like, okay, maybe I should scale back. That's what I mean. That's the difference. I think he went into Arizona being conservative on purpose. I do wonder if because he even admitted after the Arizona game, because of his compromised offensive line, he was more conservative. I wonder if that'll push him to be less conservative this game I hope. if he loses those offensive linemen Goals. and be like, I got to trust these guys. I went Absolutely. through that in Arizona. I didn't give my chance, my Goals. team the best chance to win. Maybe that helps him this week just say, let's just go. We're going to play football. One question down. Way to go. <laughs> <laughs> Derek asked two more questions from that. That was a damn good question. Hey, man, when you're the host, you just kind of <laughs> always fall back into being the host, right? Damn so, good question. Right. To that fan, um, damn good question. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Woodward, he asks, do you see the Cowboys staying with mainly men coverage against Miami, especially if Hill plays? It's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it wouldn't be, it probably ooh. wouldn't be the best thing, but that's no. who they are. That's who no. Dallas is. Dallas, Dallas is, they're comfortable. You know, they'll rush four, they'll rush five. They like to bring pressure. They like to bring pressure on second down. Uh, you have a quarterback that's really accurate in that near the line of scrimmage or underneath. If you play a lot of man stuff, you know, they're big, they're 53% of their offense comes run after catch. That's what you have to worry about here. You have to worry about everything, the short passes and, and then them taking off with it. And so um, is it in their DNA to play zone coverage? Sure. Uh, would it throw the Dolphins uh, a curveball? Sure. I think the Dolphins are expecting to see man coverage in this game. Yeah. I think I think Dan's thinking like, I trust my guys to be good enough this game. I'm going to try and get pressure on this guy. This quarterback doesn't move, so you know. But the ball will come out quick. We saw it at the Jets game last week. He's not going to hold the football. That's mm-hmm. they're terrified of what's going on with their offensive line too. So I think this. I think to me, if you're playing zone, that means you're playing with depth at depth, and I hate that. Because all of a sudden, then you got these guys there. They get the ball, and then it's run after catch. I would rather die quick. Don't let me die slow. Let me play up on the line. Let me try and disrupt what they're doing, and maybe I can affect the timing of this quarterback. Here's what I worry about with man: is it's not even so much the deep routes that I worry about with Tyree Kill. It's those crossers yeah. 
where they rub yeah. and he gets a, just a foot. Yeah. If he's got a foot, yeah. you ain't catching him. When he catches the ball, well, you're not catching him. And and that's where I'm like— Your hope is his ankle ain't great. That's what you hope. Yeah. But I, I will say this. Before, I would tackle before that the ankle game right last the jump. Week, <laughs> yeah, test that thing. I would. Before the, before the game last week, there were reports that he looked like he was, running, he was running really well. Yeah. But they were like, yeah, we're still going to hold yeah. him out. That's also what makes me think he's going to be— Fine for this week. They thought last yeah. week he. Pro- I would guess if that would have been a playoff game, yeah, Tyreek Hill would have yeah, played last week. Play. They were figuring let's give him one more week. We need him for hundred at hundred percent or yeah. close to it against Dallas. So I expect him to be Tyreek Hill this week. I don't expect him to have any ill um, anything that's coming from that ankle. I think he'll be fine. What challenge? What I where I think the real challenge is is trying to carry him across field, yeah. especially if you're having to run through traffic. Yeah, and I think that's just going to be. I mean, that is a recipe for disaster against a guy like him. Well, see, the thing about when you play zone that way, though, when they run guys through, do you lose track of where guys are? And that can happen. That's that's the thing with that's the thing I worry about with Dallas because they don't pl- they don't play they play zone, but they're I feel like they're better playing man. I, I feel agree like with they're you. better if they they play man and if Hooker can help them if Hooker lines up deep and he could read it, you know. And we've seen we've seen teams play the cover two look and then play with a robber. You know, take the safety and drive it down. You know, drive that safety, put the safety in the middle of the field. That's how. That's how the Cleveland Browns beat the the Forty ers with all the crossing stuff that the Forty ers do. They played man, but they put a robber in the middle of the field, mm. so that they, they, it made that 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 crosser have to run a little bit. And all you're trying to hold do is a bit longer, hold. Yeah. The, all you're trying to do is make these guys hold the ball a little bit longer. Yeah, because this quarterback, when he holds the ball, though, like I say, he's not going to move. He's not going to run away from you. The quarterbacks you played the last two weeks will run away if they yeah. see problems. Yeah, and he yeah. will get down. Like yeah. he's he's not going to take he's the not, hit. He's no, going to get down. He's yeah. going to get down. So you get close to him, you can get him down. Yeah. So no, I I, I see Dallas being who they are. I, re- I I just do. I just feel like if you're going to play man, you better you better be damn good at um at press Disrupted. at disrupting yeah. at the line of scrimmage, disrupting those timing routes because we talked about it too. Is trying to get that ball out quickly. So mm-hmm. his his passes are going to be based on timing, and you have to make sure that his man is not at the spot where he's throwing because he's not throwing to the man; he's throwing to the spot where he expects the guy to be. Um, so I, I I like a, a matchup like Deron Bland. He's physical, um, and Tyreek Hill, while he's you know quick, speedy, he's all of those things. Not necessarily the most physical guy. You can disrupt him. Jalen Waddle, a little bit bigger than Tyreek, but you can disrupt him. Uh, Jordan Lewis versus Cedric Wilson. That would be an interesting one because Wilson, obviously, former Cowboy, he's bigger than both of those guys on the outside, um, but he doesn't necessarily have the speed. So I think Jordan Lewis can handle Cedric mm-hmm. Wilson. So if you're going to press, if you're going to be do man coverage, don't don't play man and space them. Like don't give them the space and man coverage. That's just a death sentence. Which we see them do quite a bit. You're going to have to give that five to seven yard cushion. You're going to have to play run on the edge too, and so you're probably in a situation if you're playing zone, you're you know you're not you're going to have to commit guys into the box yeah you know especially on the edge and if you're playing if you're committing guys to the box that means you're one-on-one on the outside you can't play zone that way they're gonna have to yeah. play man your linebackers are going to have to uh, do damn well in coverage this this week yeah. uh, especially if you choose to go to man because if you choose to go to man and you go press then of course your guys are at the line of scrimmage trying to, trying to disrupt once those guys get off of those routes guess what now it's on your linebackers now your safety malik he's eyes forward and that's good you want him to play forward as opposed right. to having to react backward to a play going deep but your linebackers uh, if you do man coverage i would suggest pressing and if you then do yeah. press your linebackers better be damn good in coverage okay. well speaking of linebacker before we go to break here are these two questions um and sorry if i mess up y'all's name but i'm going to combine the two first john tebas 
he's asking about Malik Jefferson and saying how he has a good size. And he says that he understands he might not be that good, but if so, why have him on the practice squad? And then Carmine Polo, he's asking, do you guys think there is a linebacker on someone else's practice squad that they can use for run defense? Mm-hmm. Basically, what can you possibly do right now to address the linebacker situation? Is Jefferson out of elevations? Uh, I can check for you right now. I think I thought he was out of elevations. He may be. Yeah, he may so they, they're they're right in a situation now. right now that they would if to, to get him on, they would have to move somebody. They'd have to take somebody off the roster to yeah. get him on, and I don't think they're going to do that. In my opinion, the best way that they solve the linebacker issue for the rest of this year, at least is they got to get Hankins back. Because yeah. I think if you get Hankins back, that gives you a big body, as you talked about last week, Brian, a yeah. big body that's, that can move laterally as yeah. well. I think that keeps your linebackers cleaner than what we saw this last game. Because uh, otherwise, like I just don't know. I don't trust that there's a guy on another team's practice squad that's going to be any better than what you got. Like I, I just don't, I don't think. It, if you got that guy, even if you're bigger, if you don't have the skill to to still be able yeah. to move around offensive linemen that get to the second level, you're still gonna have the same problem, right? So I, the I just think that we keep talking about having that instinct of reaction. How quickly right. can you guess? Yeah. Or but how many guys you... on a practice squad have yeah. that level of in- like? Exactly. Right? You know, you're still talking about guys that don't have the same level of skill as a as a starting linebacker in the NFL. So. I personally believe you got to get Hankins back, and so you basically just steady the ship until you can get him back. Because otherwise, I, I just don't know that there's a better option from a personnel standpoint out there. Yeah, Malik Jefferson's played three games. Yeah, he's he's out. He's uh, out. He's New out. England, of, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. Yeah, unless you put him on the active yeah, roster, you have, you have to. Yeah. You would have to elevate him. Yeah. And the one that would be interesting though is Evans. You know, and uh, Rashad Evans. That would be you know and. We'll see how the. I watched the Green Bay game last year where Michael was playing off-ball linebacker the majority of that game, and what they did was they took Fowler and they took Armstrong on the right side, and then they put a Tank on the left, and then Micah played as off-ball linebacker early in the game. He was really it was it was good the way he played, and then it turned into he's just playing so many snaps. He's having to rush, and then he's having to play off-ball linebacker, mm-hmm. and so it it you know it's a it's a it's a hard it's a hard game for him that way. So wait, are you saying that it wasn't necessarily about skill, it was more about fatigue as the game yeah, wore I th- on? Yeah, I think the game I think he got tired as the game wore on yeah. and they and what happens is that then the Packers were able to get guys up on him. And when Micah has problems is that he will he'll, he'll jump around blocks mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And you know, he's athletic enough to make plays that way. But you know the anticipation you got to play with at linebacker. That's why you've had such great ones here with the Cowboys. Yeah. The Dat wins, the Dexter Coakleys, the you know the Sean Lees, the Leighton Van Der Esch's, Those guys they played with such instinct. They knew when they read a formation that they were going to play. Okay, they're going to they're going to do this. Mm-hmm. Boom, they're running. They're a half step ahead, a full step ahead. You know, and right now you've got guys that are safeties that are trying to play with instinct and trying to read blocks that are you know, and it's and it's been difficult. There's no question about that. All right, let's go ahead and take our final break. We'll come back. We'll give our final thoughts on Dallas versus Miami, tell you a little bit about what the games are this weekend that you should have an interest in. We'll be back, DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 
5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil change, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the Playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboy VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys VIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. Hey, it's time to vote for the Pro Bowl. Uh, the 2024 NFL Pro Bowl games are taking over Orlando. The roster is up to you. Cast your ballot for the 2024 Pro Bowl games. Uh, vote and send your favorite Cowboy players to compete in the ultimate AFC-NFC showdown of tug-of-war this February. Vote now at DallasCowboys.com slash vote. Welcome back. Final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. i got a couple questions for you guys about the Dallas and Miami matchup. Let's start first with the uh, offensive side, the defense side of the ball for the Cowboys. Outside of Tyreek Hill. Which Miami offensive player should Dallas be most concerned about? I'm I'm, I'm stuck here between Jalen Waddle and A Chain. Um, so much focus is rightfully placed on Tyreek Hill that if you if you place too much focus on him and you forget what Waddle is capable of, he'll break yeah. the game wide open. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with Waddle on this one. I, I think that it's easy, kind of low-hanging fruit, and it's justifiable, low-hanging fruit to look at the running backs and most of the A-chain and say, oh, well, look at what you know Cook did. And I get that, but circumstances permitted that. Hopefully the circumstances don't permit and the run defense can kind of do what it does. But Waddle, don't forget, Waddle is absolutely – I mean, because he's the number one receiver on several teams that don't have Tyreek Hill uh, on the roster. So, for me, it's going to be Waddle. Tyreek Hill, obviously, put a bottle on him as much as you can anyway. But don't look away from Jalen Waddle because the moment you do, it's a big play. Moster. Moster has got like 20 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You know, he catches the ball. He runs the ball. He's, he's physical. I mean, he's an all-around player. And can run, yeah. And, and never comes off the field. Yeah, Waddle's – great player but Moster's going to make Moster makes this thing go they they hand him the ball toss him the ball throw him the ball uh yeah you, you've got to find a way to knock him around a little bit and and, and not let him get going this game especially he gets down in the down that tight red zone you know he just has a nose for the end zone and stuff like that he's been outstanding this year so I'm I, w- I would worry about him quite a bit going in this especially after what I saw last week against Buffalo mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly who I was going to say as well, because he does two things that the Cowboys 
have shown not to be great at and struggle with last week. One, stopping the run. What is he? A running back and runs. <laughs> and two, he can break tackles. Yeah. What are the Cowboys' defense? Uh, what are they struggling with yeah. right now? Tackling. Right. He, they're having tackling issues. And like you said, he's a physical f- player and he can break those tackles. And those are just two things, running and tackles. All right, flip it to the other side. Which Miami defender should Dallas be most concerned about? Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Ramsey can eliminate your best player, your best receiver. He's got that kind of ability. He's playing at a high level right now since he came back from injury. It's a 50-50 proposition throwing the ball at his direction. You know, he's one of the he's still one of the best in the league when it comes to uh challenging. He loves that that he loves the ability to go out and take your best receiver away. He'll play left, he'll play right, he'll play in the slot. That just shows you that he doesn't care wherever you're going to go, he's going to go. I worry about him just completely eliminating CeeDee Lamb from this game. Bradley Chubb, uh, the guy has almost 10 sacks already. Um, And we talked at the top of the show about the likelihood that you won't have Tyron Smith on the field. So you better believe that Mike McDaniel is going to take try to take advantage of that matchup as often as he can. Chuma is really going to have to hold up, and that's a tall task against a guy like Bradley Chubb. So he's a game wrecker, and if you let him in that, that backfield to put hands on a pressure Dak Prescott, then you're going to see a lot of broken offensive plays. So for me, it's Bradley Chubb. Well, after we got done talking about the O-line issues and health, uh, a guy like Christian Wilkins, he's yeah. a guy that, you know, he plays like guard but also can move and rush. So that's anybody on the defensive line at this point is a good guess for me to be a struggle for this game against yeah. this uh, Cowboys offensive line. All right, so let's talk about the NFC and what's happening this weekend. There are a whole litany of games that, that matter for the Cowboys because really when you look at the NFC East and who's going to win the division a lot of it comes down to this final or well, not the final tiebreaker i think it's the fifth tiebreaker yes, fifth tie which break. is a strength, strength of, of victory strength of victory. um and, Thanks, and so Rams. Uh, yeah so i'm gonna lay out for you right now there are five teams that the cowboys really need to win and there are five teams that the cowboys need to lose uh as they keep going through the season to help their strength of victory and that's assuming both teams went out. I'm talking right. Cowboys yeah. and Eagles. So you got Buffalo, who the Cowboys need to lose. They're playing at the Chargers. You need the Chargers to win. Convention says <laughs> that's probably not going to happen, but that's where you're rooting. You're rooting for the Chargers. Uh, you got Green Bay playing at Carolina. Dallas needs Carolina to continue to win or to win. They have not continued to win because they haven't <laughs> been winning much, but that's the, the team that you want to win there. Here's one that the Cowboys really need to win, but they actually have a chance of winning is Detroit. Detroit goes to Minnesota. Yeah. Dallas needs Detroit to continue to win. Uh, Washington at the New York Jets. The Jets are actually the team that the Cowboys need to continue to win. So you're rooting. It, it works out with your rooting interests. You hate the Washington Commanders. It's easy to root for the Jets. Root for the Jets to keep winning. Seattle, another team the Cowboys want to continue to win. They'll be at Tennessee. That's another game where you would think they have a, a pretty good shot to win. Um, and then you've got Jacksonville at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay you want to lose. Uh, Arizona you want to lose at Chicago. Um, and then the final one, Las Vegas. You want them to beat uh, the Chiefs in Kansas City. I don't know how that's going to work out. But that's how your rooting interest should go for the weekend. I want us to pick the final three games uh, that I think are, by the way, most important to the Cowboys. Let's start first with Baltimore at San Francisco. An interesting matchup. What many people believe may be the best two teams in the NFL. How do you guys pick it? You know what? Give me Baltimore this one. Um, it'll be a fight. 
to say the least. We know what San Francisco is doing. We know how dominant they've been both on the road and at home. Um, but we've also seen Baltimore in these types of games step up and play some big boy football. And they are as um, hell-bent on being the bully as, as any other team in the league. So I think Harbaugh has them ready to go into San Francisco and take that one. Uh, where do they play? At San Francisco. San Francisco. At San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, I've been there, done that. <laughs> I know that crowd. <laughs> I know that and environment. That. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I think uh, I can see the 49ers very well coming off with the win for sure. Uh, but it's going to be a really, really good game to watch, yes, actually. Very, very competitive. So that's one of the ones I will definitely be watching. But I think 49ers, because they're playing at home, they right. end up with a win. Right. Yeah, the, the the Ravens feel like they're getting not any respect yeah, at all exactly. for being as one of the best teams in the league. It's going to be tough. They don't give up any points, Baltimore, yep. and uh, they've got a quarterback that can kind of cause some problems for you with, uh, you know, with the Ravens and stuff. Give me Baltimore in that one. I think Baltimore's one of the best teams in the National Football League. And by the way, the Rams went there a couple weeks ago and almost won a game there. Yep. Yep. So maybe the Rams are the second best team in the National Football League right now. <laughs> I'll tell you this: I just need somebody to show me that San Francisco is beatable when they have all their yeah, parts. I think so yeah, Baltimore. I'm does hoping it. that Baltimore. Can, yeah. can show us that. New York versus uh, Philadelphia. They're in Philadelphia for this game. Who wins? <laughs> if, if, if the you don't believe in Tommy Cutlets? If, 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 <laughs> if the Giants had beaten the Saints last week, yeah. I would have felt better about their chances yeah, right now. Too. I feel like this Philadelphia gets back on the winning track. Yep. It's, hard to, uh, it's hard to think that Philadelphia, even though they're on a slide, it's hard to think they lose four in a row. Um, but then when you look at everything that's going on with them and the commitment being questioned by Jalen Hurts and Sirianni admitting that he was playing for uh, help from the refs, I mean, that just tells you how dire straits their, their secondary is without Darius Slay and I, th I think Tommy Cutlets and Dayball are going to target Bradbury in that that secondary, and I, I, I think New York goes in and upsets them. Hmm. I think I think they do. It might be by I hope so. It might be by one point, but I think they go in and upset them. Yeah. I mean, that secondary is toast. Just pass, pass, and keep passing. I hope you're right because I hope, I hope that's I'm the right case. too. <laughs> I hope that's the that's case. That's why I said it. I hope I'm right um, too. <laughs> but but I mean, even though I, I do think the the Eagles are starting to crumble and fall apart. I think it's it's just hard to see them not beating the Giants right now. I mean, but I hope the Giants win, but I will pick the Eagles for this one. Yeah, I think it's a bounce-back game for the Eagles. I think they get back on track. It might not be pretty, but I think they get the win. Final game, Cowboys at Miami. Give me your pick and your score. <laughs> We talked about this when I said the, the Cowboys messed up my two-week prediction yeah, plan yeah. because I predicted that they'd take Buffalo, um, but then I predicted that because they took Buffalo, they'd lose in Miami. Um, but they lost in Buffalo, and then it sticks me right where you are, Ambar, that they don't lose two in a row. Like I just keep coming back to that. There are so many reasons that my gut says the Dolphins will do this, the Dolphins will do this, and the Dolphins will probably score points, and this will be a hell of a game. But the resiliency in this team in the McCarthy era, I just I can't get over that. So until they um, lose two in a row, they haven't lost two in a row. I don't think they do it this weekend. So Dolphins, I'm sorry, uh, Cowboys over Dolphins, but it comes down to, you know, 55 yard kick by Butter Aubrey to get it done. So Dolphins 28, Cowboys 24. Oh, that didn't give you a score? No, you didn't. 27-24. Uh, Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah. All right. Dolphins 28, uh, Cowboys 24. All right. <laughs> My heart says one thing. My brain right. says another. That's where I'm, I'm stuck. So I went with the, I went with this the This is uh, the tough. Brain. I don't want to pick this game. Because if I pick them to, to win and they lose, I'm going to be so mad because 
they like doing that to me. But uh, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. Literally, literally, the only thing that's that it's pinning me towards them winning is the back. stat. Is that stat? But <laughs> how much back. can a stat really, really stay true? There's it, no it, guarantee, it, though, right? But it's know? true until it's not, a and it's been true. It's since that 21. doesn't predict the future, but whatever. What am I wearing? What does your right stat now? say about compromised offensive line? <laughs> yeah. oh. It says they're in for a long day. Yeah. All right, let's let, let's go with the Cowboys. All, All right. right, let's close one. Um, hopefully, I don't know this. Let's give a score of twenty. No. Yeah, twenty-eight, twenty-six. Uh, it comes down to a kick. Yeah. I was really prepared if they won last week to say that this would be a week that they were going to lose. Exactly. Because I didn't when we when we started this five game stretch, we talked about it. I was like, "There's no way they're going to go undefeated in that five game stretch." Mm -hmm. I do think they're good enough to go four and one. Yeah. And so the fact that they lost last week is what gives me the belief that they'll go in this week and they'll win. I do think though it's going to be a high scoring game. I think this is going to mm. be a game where it's going to be a lot of track, scoring. Track beat. I, I absolutely do, and I think that. What we saw from those off, I intimated it earlier in the show. What we saw from those offensive linemen earlier this year is that they can play. Like I, I and I think that Mike will go into this game and say, "I'm not going to take put the handcuffs on my team. I'm going in and saying we're going to play football and we're going to do what we do best." And I think they're going to go at Miami. And by the way, Miami's going to go with them. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I think Cowboys win 37-35 on the road Ooh. Christmas Eve. Barn burner. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. Said Amber, go get some lunch. We'll be back Monday. We'll let you know what. I'm sorry, we'll be back on Tuesday. Tuesday. You guys have a very, very Merry Christmas. Christmas. We'll catch up with you next week. Till then, for Patrick Walker, Brian Broaddus, and Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?